Welcome to Show Your Scars with me, Jordan Angeli. Using my experience as a former professional athlete, I will take you inside the journey back from a devastating injury. Although we may not choose for this to happen to us, we appreciate who we become in the process. Now, let's dive into this week's episode as we share our strength and show our scars with pride. At the ACL Club, we know how important good nutrition is during recovery. That is why we have teamed up with Cure Hydration to provide you with 20% off your first purchase there. Cure Hydration takes all plant-based ingredients to give you the best science-backed hydration you can find. You will get four times as many electrolytes as a leading sports drink on the market without the added sugar. It packs an electrolyte punch with pink Himalayan salt, the best added sodium source for hydration. The watermelon flavor is my all-time favorite, but they have a wide variety of flavors for all different taste buds. Use the code ACLCLUB20 at CureHydration.com. That's ACLCLUB20, all capital letters, to get 20% off your first purchase at CureHydration.com. Hey, ACL Club. Hope everybody is doing well, and I am excited to bring you a couple of new episodes. This first one is with somebody that we have been following along her journey through ACL Rehab via Instagram. I know this happens a lot, and we share so much over at the ACL Club of what you guys have been going through. So Sarah Parker reached out. She wanted to share what she has been going through, and I think it is important to ask some questions and to try to figure out what's going on. I really liked hearing what she had to say about her ACL rehab and everything she's been going through. So if you want to know more about what is going on in Sarah Parker's life, you can follow her at Sarah Parker 5115 on Instagram. But for now, check out our conversation about her rehab journey. I'm so happy that I get to talk to you, Sarah. And I think first and foremost, I just want you to give everybody a little background on who you are, where you're from, and a little insight into, let's start just how you got into sports and what sport really like stuck the most with you. How about that? Okay, perfect. Well, thank you for having me. This is super exciting. Um, so I started playing soccer when I was three years old, like every other little kid, their parents were like, okay, we're putting you into soccer. Um, but mine was a little more, we tried every other sport first and I would get kicked out of every other sport. Cause all I wanted to do was run. So okay. I didn't really swimming. I'd run to the deep end. So it wasn't good at that gymnastics. I'd run to wherever I wanted to go. So that those were all scratches. And then my parents put me in soccer and they're like, oh, she gets to chase a ball. So there's an idea to her running. Okay. Mm -hmm. So then I started playing soccer and that was kind of like, I just loved it because I just loved running. That has always been a passion and it's always just grown each more every year. And to this day, like, even though I'm not able to play right now, like I Mm -hmm. do coaching and so it's constantly growing. Yeah. And uh, it seems like you really found your knack, the thing that you were good at. And um, your parents knew that from an early age, but you grew into the sport and you've played now. Gosh, I, you're in your twenties. Yeah, I'm 23. You're 23. So you played for 20 years and you've gotten to experience a lot of really cool things. What has your journey been like through soccer? Where, where have you gone and played? What teams have you been, been a part of? Cause I know that's a big part of your story. Yeah, so I was able from a young age, I was in a local club 
Um, it wasn't a big club or anything. It was just one that was local and I wasn't, they didn't have like the highest level of teams either. So like, I was just like playing and, um, then there's something here in Canada that's, or in BC more specifically, it's, um, HPL. And so it's a high performance league. And so that's the highest, um, level for your age group okay. and only specific clubs like around had that like type of level. And so I was on this one organization and I was on the silver team. Okay. And then I went to an HPL tryout and I made the team and I was kind of like, wait, what? Like, I was like, no way. Like there's girls that played on gold that didn't make the HPL team. And I was like, okay, this is interesting. And then that's where my confidence, like just like exploded. Cause I was like, wow, like, okay, so I am good at this sport. Like, this is cool. And that's where all the traveling to different parts of BC came, different parts of Canada. And like, that's where you started really starting to take soccer even more seriously. And it wasn't just like a fun sport. It was okay. You were trying to get you to get somewhere and stuff like that. So yeah. Yeah. And that's then great. After that, I ended up um, having some situations where my confidence was a new coach came in and my confidence mm. wasn't where it was anymore. And so mm-hmm. I dropped back down to find the love for the game because at the end of the day, like people need to remember, why are you playing the sport? Yeah. The whole reason for it is to have fun. Like you're not doing it to impress your parents. Like if you're doing that, you're doing it for the wrong reasons. And so I found my love for the game and then a new coach came in and he was like, what are you doing down at this level? And just like brought me back up. And I was back playing at the highest level again. And then that carried on into university. And I ended up going to a university on a soccer scholarship. So that was a great opportunity. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, I didn't get to finish my five years, unfortunately, because of COVID took two, two years from me. And then my, my knee decided to take a year from me. But yeah. I wasn't playing at the university when I tore my ACL. I got the opportunity to go down to Illinois and play in a semi-professional league down there. And Mm -hmm. then that's when my knee gave out. Oh my goodness. Well, I I think that, I don't know if I want to talk about now or I want to circle back, but I feel like there's lessons that you might've learned even in that process of um, having a knock to your confidence Mm -hmm. and finding your why again and finding your joy again that probably is helping you. Do you feel like that lesson you learned back then has helped you in ways right now as you go through a really difficult time with this ACL injury? Yeah, like hundred percent. And I think about that all the time because as a coach, like, cause I coach soccer, I see that happen all the time in girls. And so I'm like, that happened to me when I was 13 years old. And so within that time, I learned a lot. I learned mm-hmm. a lot about myself. I had a coach pull me out of a unfortunate situation and build my confidence back up and at the day at the end of the day like I look back at that I'm like that is so much like a big role that coaches play in a player like you can either make or break a player and it's like you need to like be the the confidence like building their confidence up and how important that is because that turns into life lessons down the road yeah what a gift you get to give back to and coach now and give that opportunity to kids Mm -hmm. Um, that you work with and tell them that they are good enough and they can do things. And, and it's not without trial, right? Like getting better at something or it has trial. And mm-hmm. that's a little bit or a lot of bit of what we're taught. We talk about here on show your scars is 
how do we get through these trials and how do we manage them really when it comes to the mental side, because the physical side is something that we've done well for so long, right? (laughs) Our bodies have really um, been so good at working hard and how do we, how do we work smart now when we're in uh, injury recovery? So you mentioned you got to go play in a semi-pro um, for a semi-pro team in Illinois, but that was such a, a cool experience to get to take that next step in your career. Yeah, it was huge because it was like, when you're younger, you're just like, oh yeah, like, people are do like have dreams of doing that, but are they actually going to do that? Mm. And I never, like, if you tell like 13 year old me that had their confidence crushed and was just like, yeah, in a couple of years, you're going to go play semi-pro. I'd be like, what are you talking about? Like, that's, that's not going to happen. Like this doesn't make any sense. And so it's looking back at my whole soccer journey, going from a player that was on a silver team made an HPL team and then going from HPL to Metro back to HPL and then to university. And it yeah. was like, just like it kept, yeah. And it, it's like this just, crazy like, roller coaster. Yeah. But it was all worth it because mm. it was like, without those unfortunate things, it wouldn't have like, I've always said that, well, it's like a known saying, but it's like, if it doesn't kill you, it makes you stronger. Right. So it's mm-hmm. like, and at the end of the day, like you got to control the controllables. And that has been one thing that I've yeah. always told myself throughout my whole journey. Wow. As hard well, as it I feel like that you've told yourself through your whole life, because what I've seen with through the ACL club and in what you post, I think you're Sarah Parker, 5115. Is that correct? Yeah. yeah. Yes. Yeah. Um, your posts are just about that and your mindset. I really want to dig into that. But before we dig into your mindset and how you've been handling this injury recovery that is now over a year long. Mm -hmm. I want to know what happened. What was that day? Like, what did you, did you sense something coming? Did you feel weird or did you know right away that something was off and you had just significantly changed the trajectory of your career? Yeah. So it's a, me and my friends have a saying that if I didn't have bad luck, I wouldn't have any luck at all. <laughs> that you do? Yeah. Oh no. So it's like, <laughs> and things can never get too good for me because something always has to go wrong. And mm. so, and I was at my peak. We need to talk to your friends then, because this is not a good saying. We got to switch <laughs> up the saying friends. <laughs> I know. And it was just like one of those things, like, they're just like, oh, you always have bad luck. And I'm just like, I know, but then it's, it was like I was at the best part of my soccer career mm-hmm. I was loving it I was having so much fun playing every game like I was just so confident in doing what I was doing and there was no doubt in my mind that I was like oh yeah this is gonna just fall apart tomorrow or the next week like this is yeah this is gonna just be pulled from underneath you and it was seriously I was so excited because I actually had um a girl from Toronto that I knew from social media and I just convinced her to join the team and she came down because she was just playing in Spain and she came to Illinois and this was the very first game that we were going to get to play together and I was so excited she was so excited and she was like cheering me on on the sidelines and I seriously like there was no like contact to it there was no like nothing happened dramatically like it seriously I was just running I leaped to like kind of block a pass Mm -hmm. and it just like gave out and I was just like I had no idea what just happened I just like kind of spun around like in the video it like 
because I was like, no, everyone was like, don't watch the video. You don't want to watch the video. I was like, I do though. Like, I want to see what actually happened. Yeah. And so <laughs> it was, I leaped and then I spun around and just fell down. And I was like, huh. weird. Yeah. And so I tore my meniscus um, three years ago. So okay. r- right on the away, same knee. Yeah. And so I was like, oh, I, I tore my meniscus again. Like that, mm-hmm. that's fine. Like, yeah. And that was my mindset to it. Cause I was like, I've done this once I can do it again. Like it's not the end of the world. I know how to get through this rehab. Like it's only going to take me, I think it took me five and a half months, but yeah. Okay. Yeah. So you had a good mindset right away, but you knew something was wrong. And mm-hmm. when you found out what was your ACL and not your meniscus, did you re-tear your meniscus as well with the ACL? No, no, so- just the ACL. Yeah. And so, but that the weird part with this whole, like the ACL journey, like everyone says there's is so different, but I was just like, mine, I, I haven't heard anybody anywhere close to mine, as crazy as that sounds. And I'm, okay. I bet so many people say that, Yeah, but well, well, I want to hear it because I want to hear if other people feel like okay, I, would I can relate to, hear to this, too. right? Yeah. And that's the whole point, which I love about your ACL club is I'm like everybody, like I'm constantly looking like, okay, does anybody else have this? Like, and I've had like bits and pieces, but like nobody has the exact same journey. And I feel like that's another thing that needs to be like more capitalized on because a lot of people, when they're in their head, they compare themselves and they're like, oh, like mine doesn't, mine's not like theirs. And it's like, why are they doing this so much faster or whatever? And it's like, your journey is your own journey. And you need to like embrace that. Yeah. And just looking at you and looking at me, do we look the same? Yeah. Are we, the, I mean, but we don't, totally. right? We, we are yeah. totally different people. I have so, a different, like I'm five, nine. How tall are you? I'm five, seven. She's five, and seven, you know, yeah. and a half. Good. I love that. <laughs> and a half. You know, you have like our features are different. So yeah. Yeah. Like you have straight hair. I have curlier hair. And so I think that I always think about a journey, like how different we are. Like my body is completely different than your body, Sarah, Hmm. no matter if we do our ACL, our journeys are going to be different because my body is different than yours. It doesn't mean that we're not going to overlap in things. It doesn't mean that Hmm. things that we experience cannot be these commonalities between you and I, but what it does mean is that I am not going to rest or stress myself out if my journey doesn't look like yours, because Mm -hmm. every single person's journey has little nuances to them that make it unique. And Mm -hmm. we have to be able to celebrate other people's recovery and encourage them and ask questions about it without saying ours has to be like theirs. No, exactly. And that's like a a huge thing I've noticed throughout my recovery too, is like, you need to celebrate those little achievements. Like Mm -hmm. even like, oh yeah, like I just took my first steps. Like that is freaking awesome. Like you should be so proud of yourself. And like, I tell everyone, I'm like, never think you're asking too many questions. Like I ask my physio and my surgeon and my trainer, like all my support team, everything, so many questions to the point where my physio is like, you only get 10 questions a session. You've asked so many questions and I'm just like, and I just keep them coming, but they, yeah. it's just a joke yeah. between us. But I was yeah, going like, to say, it's probably a joke because I have never met a physio. I'm this, I, I'm the exact same way when I was going yeah. through my rehabs. I wanted to know, I wanted to know why, why am I doing this? Yeah. How is this going to help? Why does it feel like this? How do I get over that? You know, question after question, because if you're not asking those questions, I feel like you're not learning what all the things you can learn in this process, Mm -hmm. which might not be about your knee. 
Mm-hmm. You know, a lot of the times it's not about your knee. Mm-hmm. It's about how do I face these, this adversity and get better from it. And what's been the, so you, you've said this has been an interesting journey for you and really a lot of maybe pain points, sticky points along the way. Mm-hmm. What has been the most difficult part of this rehab process for you? When was your injury? Let's start with that. And where okay. are you now? And then what have been some of the, the most challenging aspects of it? Yeah. So I tore it in June. 2021. Okay. And so I was in Illinois. COVID was still really big and everything. So it was like, okay, am I really going to fly home? Like at this point, I didn't know if I tore my ACL. I didn't know like what it was. And of course I was in the States. And so there wasn't coverage there. So I was like, okay, I talked to my physio. I talked to my parents. I was like, what is the best decision for me right now? Like, I don't want to leave here. Like everything's been so great. And then I flew home and at this whole time, like I'm thinking, oh yeah, I tore my meniscus again. Like it's fine. Like my knee locked up and that's exactly what happened when I tore my meniscus. And so then I got home, had to quarantine for a week and then finally saw my physio, uh, saw two surgeons because the first one was like, I'm, uh, I don't know what this is. And then we got an MRI and cause like everything was stable. And that was number one, the weirdest thing. Like they're like, your knee's stable. Like, why is it like, if something's wrong, then why is it stable? Hmm. And so finally got an MRI. It said torn ACL. And then I was just like, what? Like that doesn't really add up because Hmm. like when you tear your ACL, you're supposed to have like a loose knee or something. Right. And they did all the tests. tests. Yeah. Yeah. And it was stable. And so I saw a second surgeon and he's like, yeah, like your, your knee's stable. Like let's, um, could not do a surgery because we'll wait for a second MRI and let's just get you going and see if you can get ready for your like senior year university season starting in September. So we went from the end or the beginning of July all the way to the middle of September just training. And at this point I'm like running, I'm pivoting, I'm turning, changing direction. And like, I have this, like, it's not a partially torn ACL. It's pretty fully torn, like from the MRI. And I'm just like, okay, like, this is just a weird, a weird thing. Like I've never heard of this before. Were you in pain? Were you, did no. you feel it shift? It was fine. Yeah. Everything went back to normal. And I was what? just like, okay. And so then I was seriously in practice a week before home opener, a week before the beginning of the season. And I'm in practice and I ran at a girl on my team and she changed direction. And I went and my knee gave out again. I just laid there and I was like, oh, awesome. And then I just said to everyone, I was like, just get me off the field. Like I wasn't emotional. Like I was just like, okay, well, we tried this. Okay. And now on, I know I'm doing yeah. surgery now. Right. So now at least I had an answer. And so I called the surgeon and I was like, yeah, so my, my knee gave out. Um, so let's get the surgery done. And so that was September had to wait until November wow. to get surgery. That's crazy had the surgery, Mm -hmm. got blood clots a week later. Oh no. And then it was just like, that's kind of the very first, well, the complications started from the moment they were like, oh yeah, your knee's stable. You don't need surgery. But then I got the blood clots, um, dealt with those, was on blood thinners and all that. Wait, so you didn't get surgery. You got the surgery. Yeah. In November. Okay. Okay, Got it. 
And you then, just said, oh, I got confused with that, but you were saying it, it all started when they told you, you didn't need surgery. Yeah. So that was the first of the many things that had happened. I get what you're yes, saying now. Exactly. And so then had the blood clots and then after, as like recovery was going, my knee wouldn't bend past 90 degrees. And normally. Did you have to get like, a manipulation? I did. Oh, no. <laughs> And like normally people like have the problem of straighten their leg. Yeah. And mine was like the reverse. And so I'm just like, okay, just keep them coming. Just keep mm. them coming. And so I had the second surgery, like where they manipulated it at six months. Wow. And at that point I was like barely walking properly. So that's May or yeah. April? May. Yeah, May. And then after that, I like. After the second surgery, it was a week straight after for every hour of every day, day and night, I had to do exercises for 15 minutes. And so I had alarms set like 12 a.m., like 1 a.m., like all those times. And I was just like, okay, but you know what? If I get to play again, like Mm -hmm. it's all worth it. And that's been my mentality, like throughout the whole thing. Like I'm just like work hard now and it'll all pay off. Like, yeah. And with and I bet you a lot of other people like even yourself like can relate like you put a lot of stuff on hold for your recovery because you want it to go well and I did that like I wanted it done exactly how it should be Mm -hmm. I did not want to risk anything so I said no to a lot of things like I said no to hanging out with my friends doing certain activities like and it was unfortunate but I was like this is my goal is to play professionally I'm like you put stuff on hold for, for your goal, for your dream. Like mm-hmm. that is overall your priority. Yeah. And so after that second surgery, I did all that. And then I ended up getting a stiff knee again, which I am still battling now mm-hmm. we're a, over a year. And um, it like does this locking and cracking thing. I don't know if I've sent you guys the video or not, but it's like my knee will like, you know how an elbow like locks. Uh-huh. And, crack it yeah that is that is what my knee does but it's like a gunshot like it is so loud like really everyone's just like are you okay and I'm like yeah it's just it's just my knee like don't worry does it about. hurt when it does it if it does it slowly like it, it feels like a shifting and so at this point right now like I've had people say that it's patellar mobility issues mm-hmm. so it's like not tracking and that there's like um fluid buildup or something that's preventing it from sliding and I just like got told that there's no guarantee way of fixing it like on wow Friday. that you've gone through a lot of things but was that news on Friday the hardest news that you've heard yeah so and that's the the point um that like I was saying to you before I was like throughout this whole journey my mentality has been like well I'm gonna play again so mm-hmm. like it doesn't matter like this is fixable. Everything's fixable. I'm doing this five times a week. I'm putting the time in. I'm putting the work in. I'm following the book. Like exactly if there was one, like how yeah. to recover from an ACL. Right. And it was like complication, complication, complication. And then I hit 12 months. And then I was like, I knew already like going up to 12 months, it was like the most emotional I've ever been because I was just like, okay, I'm not where I want to be. Like, nobody knows what this cracking locking thing is or how to fix it. And I was just like, how did nobody know? Like, how does, how has nobody experienced this? And then 
after talking to my physio on Friday, uh, he explained to me that like, yep, like we've seen this before, but there's no guaranteed way of fixing it. And we can see it before with the same surgeon. No, no. Mm. So he's talked to multiple surgeons, physios, like just getting a better understanding of it. And so people have seen this before, but usually like doing the the second surgery, having the cortisone shots. Like I've had two cortisone shots. You're only supposed to have like three in your lifetime, I think maybe two. And it's like, none of this has worked. And they're like, which I understand the idea behind cortisone shots and I am no doctor. So I'm not saying do this or don't do this, but when you get a cortisone shot, it is essentially numbing pain until Mm -hmm. the pain comes back up. And mm-hmm. so I would like to help you try to find the root of what's going on. And I, I don't know if you've been able to listen to some of the podcasts we've had with ArpWave and what they do from a neuro um, nervous system standpoint, but it sounds like, you know, one of the things that they told me right away with when I went through protocols with them is um, I had that exact same locking thing in my elbow because um, in college, I... I hyperextended my elbow and thankfully it didn't, it wasn't huge, but I've had this thing in my elbow since then. And I did this exercise with them and it was gone because they reset, they reset my body to what it was supposed to be through my nervous system, because your nervous system controls your muscles. It controls everything. And I would love to connect you with them because I don't want to just say, this is, you know, we're just going to say, it's the end of the road because mm-hmm. that's not, you know, I've been in meetings like that. I'm sure people have listened, have been in meetings like that. And yeah, you will have an end of the road and it will mm-hmm. be your time to step away from the game. But at 23, I'm not sure that that's going to be the case for you. So let's keep trying to figure this out, yeah. um, from a physical standpoint and I'll, I'll get you connected there, but that, that might help because you've done so many of the right things when it comes to the mental side and you have this this mindset that just blows my mind. I I was watching one of your posts earlier. I think I have it pulled up because um, you, you wrote us, we're reposting something that you had and you said, I want the caption to be, what if, what if everything turns out the way you want it to? Mm-hmm. How do you have that type of mindset in the midst of something so challenging? Yeah. So Again, so I feel like it comes from my family and my family roots and it comes from my parents. They both lost their, like one of their parents, like on each side, very young age. Mm -hmm. So my mom lost her dad at 12 years old. My dad lost his mom when he was, when she was 56. Oh, wow. And then we have this little thing in our house called like, we we love the circle of life. So like the Lion King is a huge deal in our house. We have paintings of it everywhere. Um, but like my brother was born with cerebral palsy. Mm. So he was born um, because he was born early and he actually, so my grandma passed away two months before he was born or three months before he was born. And so the circle of life is like, he was born early trying to like meet her is like our, our kind of thing about it. And so it's kind of been like, our family has been faced with many difficulties over the years and everything. Mm -hmm. And it's, if you have like a positive mentality and you're a good person and you work hard, like things will always end up how they should be. And that's just like something that we've kind of just always lived by is like, be a good person, have a positive mindset. And like, if like, it's not okay right now, 
then it like it's like it's going to be okay at the end and if it's not okay then it's not the end yes thank you for sharing that and thank you for letting us know a little bit more about your family and um it's interesting how we can see things from a different perspective right when we're faced Mm -hmm. with um, challenges. Your parents see life differently because of the challenges they've had um, with losing someone so young, so early in their life. Um, you you probably see how challenging certain things are for your brother and how happy he is mm-hmm. in a lot of things. And that probably makes you say, all right, well, if he's happy, I, I can be happy too in things. Mm-hmm. And um, perspective is such a big thing. And something I often tell people about is if it's hard from this point of view, can we switch our point of view? Mm -hmm. Can we just change um, what we're seeing to be from a different direction? Because if we just change that slightly, you know, if we, if we can go big picture and see that this is just a little blip on a really long road that is going to lead us to where we need to go, we're going to keep going. Mm-hmm. And we're going to stay positive. So I love that that is one of the ways that you cope is just with your mindset. Is there certain, um, you me- you mentioned that the circle of life, but is there certain other things that you've done that have really helped with the mental side of this rehab? I know one of the things is all the posts that you have on social and your ability to use um, the content that you create to inspire others but really I feel like that when you're putting that together that has to inspire you a little bit as well well you just took the words like right out of my mouth of like (laughs) what I said just the other day and like because that was like one thing that I I was struggling with was because I'm like oh my gosh I'm being told that I'm never gonna play soccer again and here I am like using this platform to motivate other people and I keep telling them like yeah but you will like change that mindset to you will not what if or like what if I don't? And I'm just like, yeah, but what if you do? And when you do and stuff like that. And Mm -hmm. so, and I said to my friend, seriously, the other day, like, I was just like, yeah, like as much as I've been making those videos, like for other people and like, I'm talking and comparing like stories and everything and like giving advice and stuff like that. I put myself in those videos and using my own videos of me playing soccer and stuff. And I look at it and I hear the stuff while I'm watching it. And I'm like, it motivates me too. Cause I'm seriously watching myself as these lyrics or these words are being mm-hmm. said. Our minds are powerful. Mm-hmm. Even that, you know, there's so many studies about, uh, gratitude, right. Mm-hmm. Writing down three things each day that you're grateful for and how that can start off your day with a different perspective, with a different mindset, how it physically changes the pathways within your brain to mm-hmm. think positively. And, stuff like that, you watching yourself playing soccer previously is not just helping you, as you just said, like mentally, but when you get back on, it's going to be treated like a rep like that. You watching yourself play soccer is almost as if your body is actually still playing because your, your mind takes that in the same way it would take in you doing an action. That's why um, mindfulness and visualization are so big is because you're building those pathways. So I think what you're doing and what you've created through social media has been so important because you can't help others unless you're, you are in a place where you feel like, okay, if this is helping me, this is my idea. If this is helping me, it's gotta be able to help someone else. It's kind Mm -hmm. of the reason I started ACL club is because I was like, man, this is hard for me mentally. If it's hard for me, Mm -hmm. 
I'm sure it's hard for other people too. So why don't we just find some strength in the storytelling that we have in sharing our stories and showing our scars and saying, Hey, this is what I've been through. Like, I'm sure you can relate. And if you can't, like, at least, you know, a little bit more about me. Mm-hmm. And that's the huge thing too, is like, I always feel like before I even came across ACL club, all you see is like, people be like, Oh yeah. Like, um, here I am. I tore my ACL and it's like, okay, now I'm playing again. But it's like, what about all that stuff in between? Like, mm-hmm. I feel like, I know some people like they don't want to share it because it's like emotional and like all the emotions and they don't want to be like publicly out there like that. But at the same time, it's like someone else is going through that exact same thing. And it's like to build a bigger community around it and like where you can lean on each other is exactly what you guys are doing. And that's why I was like, I need to be a part of this. Like, I'm like <laughs> this is what I'm doing on my own. And I'm like, yeah. okay, we need to expand and like work together on this. Yeah. Well, you're still, you're still going and growing and you're still finding mm-hmm. um, your way through this, which I, I hope people after this go follow you and you follow some other people. That's one of the best things about it too, is that you're not just following the club, right? You're following other yeah. people that you see their stories and then you start your own DMS and you're texting with them. And, um, you know, I've heard so many stories of people doing that, but when you, when you look back over this last year and a half, really what it's been, where do you feel like Sarah, as a person, that you've grown the most? What what has this process taught you that you just were like, man, I didn't think that this was going to be something that I learned, but here I am feeling like I'm, I'm better at this now. Yeah. I would say like, I knew I was always a positive person. Like my nickname from at my physio place is like the ray of sunshine and everything like that. Oh, I love that. It's like, even though like nobody would ever assume anything's going wrong because in my mind, nothing is going wrong. And so I'm like always the one motivating other people because I'm like, okay, like there, I can change your, I can put a smile on your face. Like I know I can say a simple thing is, you know what, you're doing a great job. You know what you're look at you like in a, in my physio, like I'm the loudest person in there. <laughs> I'm like working with like they're like other clients that are there. Like I learned their story. I learned what they're going through. So then I can help them be a part of that and like show mm-hmm. them the, the progress they're making. If they can't see it themselves, then yes. I'm just like, you're finally jumping off boxes. Like, look at you go. Like, that's oh awesome. Gosh. So it's that. just realizing like, that is a huge part of me that I didn't know was a part of me. Like I knew I was a motivator and stuff, but I didn't know the extent that I could take it to. Mm. So if you could give advice to the people that are listening, that are in the midst of this or um, scared or fearful or whatever it may be, what's some of the advice you would give people as they go through this journey? I would say like, just like I said before, like it's, if it's not okay right now, like it's not the end because at the end it will be okay. And it's like, keep that mindset, keep those positive, like words of affirmation going Mm. like it's like control the controllables work hard be a good person at the end of the day like it'll end up being the way it needs to be and yeah just keep like and my biggest thing is like be that loud positive person like because when you're positive and you're talking that, that like goes back into yourself Totally. And I know that's hard for some people, but I think it's finding what works for you to mm-hmm. release. You know, one of the other things you were saying is like you releasing your emotion through storytelling, through your reels and through your Instagram, but whatever that might be 
to somebody, like it's important to feel those things, right? It's important to get them out of your body and express them in some way. Because if you don't, you're holding on to something that doesn't need to be there because you, if you, if you hold on to it, you never get to move through it. And if you don't move through it, it's going to always be there at some point ready to, to come back in, right. Those emotions or, um, the feeling of, Oh, if it's fear, if it's, um, sadness, whatever it is during this long process, just find a way to express yourself. And I think you've done such a good job of that. And it allows you to give your best, you know, one of your best attributes you were just saying is like being a motivator and being someone who's mm-hmm. loud and, and, and helpful to others, which is so rewarding, right? Isn't it awesome to see yeah. other people around you be successful? Yeah. And it's like, it's one of those things that it's like everyone, like you said, like expresses in their own way of like how to deal with things. Mm -hmm. And it's like, that all comes down to like, what is your support system around you? Don't feel like, like you're a burden to them. Like you need to get it out some way, either it's posting stuff, talking to someone like there's journaling. Yeah. There's always a way, like you need to get that out. Otherwise, like just think of the weight that it's like mm-hmm. pulling you down. Like, and it's like, yeah. you're, you can control your mindset. You can control how you approach things, yeah. but you can't control what happens to you, but you can definitely control how you approach it. And if you approach it with a positive mindset, then like at the end of the day, at least you have your positive mindset yeah. going forward. I love it, Sarah. Um, one last thing I always ask everybody is you have scars on your knees from these surgeries. And yeah. when you look at your scars, what do those scars mean to you? Yeah. So I have a lot of scars on my knees because <laughs> I played soccer on gravel fields. So oh my they, gosh. They kind of all blend in together from when I was younger. Um, and yeah, like a lot of people, like I know that scars can be real, like they look at it and they're like, oh, that's unfortunate and stuff. But I'm like, you know what, this is pretty cool. It's another part of me. It makes me unique. It's a part of my journey. Like, I love it. It's like, what do you have on your leg? Do you have a cool scar? No. <laughs> it's your and differentiation it's factor. Yeah, it's a part it tells of tells a story. And mm. it's like, I, I love telling my story because I'm just like, as up and down crazy as it is, it's mine and it makes mm. it, it's unique to me. Yeah. So. Thank you so much for sharing with us, Sarah. I've, I've loved being able to chat with you. Yeah, it's been awesome. Thank you so much for having me. If you guys enjoyed this conversation with Sarah and make sure you go follow her on Instagram at Sarah Parker 5115. If you have any thoughts, if you're a PT listening to this, if you're an orthopedic listening to this, or if you're just someone listening to this that has some similar situation as Sarah or want to share with her, it sounds like she really just wants the community and the support and any kind of advice that she has. So I'll check back in with you guys I connected her with ARP Wave. If you haven't listened to the podcast where we talked to Dennis from ARP Wave and uh, Brittany Bach, who did some training with ARP Wave, make sure you go do that because they are such a great resource and something that you should look into to elevate your ACL rehab. It is really spectacular. I hope you guys enjoyed this podcast. As always, go out there and show your scars with pride.